In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Evgeny Kuznetsov, Anthony Mantha, and Nick Backstrom. And what will this Caps team look like after the draft? We'll talk about all of that and more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form, so head on over to YouTube and check it out. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals after the draft. What does it ultimately change for the team? Are they going to have to move any players around? Then later in the show, we will talk about the Caps blue line. Uh, we want some of the younger players down in Hershey to get their opportunity, but ultimately, where are they going to fit? And then we'll talk about Brian McClellan talking about how he wants to address the top six, and ultimately, what will the Capitals forwards look like? In this episode, we are happy to have Michael Marzacco of Stars and Sticks. Michael, welcome to the show. I forgot to unmute. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan, how's it going? It's going well. So one of the things that uh, Brian McClellan had spoke about uh, after this uh, season had concluded and the Capitals were eliminated from the playoffs for the first time in a long time, they didn't even make it to the playoffs period, rather. Um, he said that he wanted to address the top six, uh, the forwards, that kind of thing. And when, when questioned a little bit in more, you know, pinpointed, he said, they said, did you want to address the centers? Do you want to address the wings? He said, I want to address all of it. Ultimately, what is that going to mean? Um, I'm just going to take a look at the lines. Uh, this was from April 13th versus the New Jersey Devils. So let's just take a look at the top six. Connor Sherry, Dylan Strom, Tom Wilson on the top line. Ovi Backstrom and Craig Smith on the second line. So just taking a look at that, we know that Connor Sherry uh, most likely played his last game as a capital. I know that uh, you wrote a piece in Stars and Sticks about that, and we can talk about that as well. And also Craig Smith, who they got from the Boston Bruins, I think it was kind of my belief that, you know, they wanted to make a trade, but they said, if we're doing this trade, you got to take Craig Smith with you because I had heard that they were actively shopping Craig Smith and there were no real takers on him. So taking a look at the top six forwards here, what is it What is it going to look like? We know that Connor Brown is kind of also in flux there, but I'm hearing that there's more and more interest in Connor Brown. Who is going to be, let's just start with the top line. Who do you think will be on the top line being that Connor Sherry, you know, uh, if we're going to look at the lines from last season is going to be out. What is it going to look like? Well, according to a couple of reports that came out today, the Caps have been having a hard time shopping Evgeny Kuznetsov. So I think that top line center is going to be a toss up between Kuzi and Backstrom. And then, um, of course, you can't have a top line without Alex Ovechkin. So, of course, Ovechkin, left wing, that's permanent. You can put that in a Sharpie. And then, right wing, that's where it's interesting. If Connor Brown 
can prove that he bounced back from an injury, and that would make a hell of a story after what he went through. He was supposed to replace Tom Wilson, and then Wilson gets the ACL injury. So if Brown could make it or someone else could, that would be good. But I say Brown has a good training camp, so it would be Ovechkin, Kuzi, Brown, and then second line probably uh, Tom Wilson on the right wing. And then center and left wing get tricky. It could be either Backstrom or Strom, but Backstrom has a big decision after the summer, as you and I both know. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I was reading in Nova Caps as I was preparing for this show. Uh, is you know, he sounds like he's a little bit more unsure about his future. You know, he said that I'm not as young as I used to be, and uh, there is a pretty favorable you know return for a lot of these players now. It wasn't as bad as it was years ago, but I think he's being a little bit more realistic. Um, and one of the other centers you have to take in there as well is Dylan Strom. Where is he going to fit in? I mean, he played uh, some time at the top line center as well. So it's going to be interesting. And if you take, you know, a look at Nick Backstrom, um, they're paying him a lot of money to potentially uh, be like a third line center. That's kind of where it gets a little bit more murky for me is you take a look at this aging core. Uh, you take a look at Backstrom, you take a look at Oshi, two players that, you know, I hold obviously in, in high regard for what they did, but let's face it, uh, the productivity that they've had the, the last year, let's say, has dipped a little bit. Oshi is prone to being bit by the injury bug. And uh, I think to a certain extent, maybe the Capitals held on to those players for too long. Because even if we want to push the crazy button right now and trade Backstrom or trade Oshi, everyone else can see the back of their hockey card. They know that they're, you know, uh, Backstrom had the hip resurfacing procedure done. They know that TJ Oshi is prone to being injured. Um, do you think that ultimately... The Capitals held on to some of these players just because they were trying to squeeze as much juice as possible out of this 2018 Rock the Red era, or am I misguided here? So guys like Oshi and Backstrom, you say? Who else did you mention her in that Yeah, Oshi and Backstrom in particular. I mean, even if we want to, to really kind of change this line, if we know that this is an aging core, uh, it is one of the oldest teams roster-wise in all of the NHL, and it, we hear all the time that the Capitals want to get younger and they want to get faster. And for me, uh, everyone says that they want uh, Connor McMichael in the lineup into them. I say, I agree where does he fit? I think that if Connor McMichael is going to succeed, I think he should play at the center position. And I don't think that he should get relegated to the fourth line. I think that if we're going to give him an honest look, we got to place him where he's going to succeed at the center position. Um, so that's the tough position that the Capitals are in. It is a crowded. Plus, when I was going down, again, this is just, I'm just using this as the last lines that I saw for the Capitals. Uh, if you take a look a little bit further down, Sonny Milano, Kuznetsov, Snively on the third line, fourth line, Malenstein, who I ultimately I think he's going to find a way to be on this roster. Nicholas Abe, Kubel, and Alexi Protus. Of course, Nick Dowd would normally be on the fourth line. He was injured uh, towards the end of the season there. So it is a bit interesting. You got Mantha in the mix there, uh, which we can talk about there as well. Uh, more and more is that I'm hearing that they want to move Anthony Mantha. 
but there there's not a lot of takers for him and and they're going to ultimately view him as a depth piece instead of kind of moving him out of DC and getting nothing in return for him. So um just yeah, talking about Oshi, talking about Backstrom, did the Capitals wait too long or should they have moved on from those players years ago? Um I think they waited too long and I feel like having also covered the Wizards that Ted Leonsis is kind of having a little bit of a wake-up call because now I don't disagree with the Oshi issue because that was signed the year before they won the cup. They needed to get that done in order to win the cup. The bad part was after winning the cup, Oshi gets hurt in that playoff series and wasn't the same since. Yeah, but, and that's the yeah. tough thing because Oshi, I love him. He is the ultimate competitor one of the things he said on on breakdown days he goes i compete with my friends i compete with my relatives when i'm playing football or i'm wrestling and he looked at all the beat reporters he's like what you guys don't wrestle so he he always brings it every time so i love tj oshi it's just that he's getting older for one and he's injury prone and you got to start looking at, the, at these players as players and not you know what kind of people they are because they're all lovable characters for the most part um so that's that's the difficult position so Let's uh, shift it here a little bit and say Connor McMichael. Let's talk about him. We always hear that uh, he needs to get a long look, and we know that we have a new head coach in Spencer Carberry, and that, that you know the big thing that they're banging there is that he's going to bring a lot of the youth along. Uh, I just rattled off, you know, all the players, the forwards. Where is where is Connor McMichael going to fit in if he's going to do his best, and who's going to come out of the lineup to accommodate him? I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. Third line center is going to be, if I'm a betting man, either Backstrom or McMichael. And mm -hmm. Backstrom decides to take it easy or take a reduced role, it's all McMichael. Now, if Backstrom's confident, then McMichael moves to wing on the third line. Yeah. And so I, you know, if I'm going to just say odd man out, and I know that in previous podcasts, I think that we should give Evgeny Kuznetsov a, another opportunity. Let's give him an opportunity under Spencer Carberry. I think there was a disconnect between him and Peter Laviolette. And based on the fact that he's under contract and it's going to be so kind of difficult to get him out of here, there's going to be salary retention and that kind of thing. I think they give him another look. He's the only player I could really see coming out of the lineup to accommodate him because are you going to take Backstrom out? Are you going to take Strom out? Who's going to come out? So suffice it to say that is the sticky position uh, that the Capitals are in. So, And that's going to be something that they're going to have to address. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, do you, I mean, who is going to be that odd man out? And, and I mean, I guess, you know, in all transparency, we are recording this in June uh, before uh, free agency and before the draft. I guess, you know, something could happen where some big players are moved out. Um, how are the Capitals going to to do this to finally get uh, those 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 youth into the lineup without subtracting a lot of players? Because those are the hard facts. Um, and you don't want a lot of these young players sitting up in the uh, press box. You know, you looked at Joe Snivling, Connor McMichael. They spent quite a few games up in the press box. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this as well. I think Joe Snively, is, I mean, not Joe Snively, uh, Dylan Strom, after the season he had last year, is definitely a lock on a top six center. He could even be top line. Yeah. And Kuzi, 
he deserves another season. I think Spencer Carberry, based on what I've read from Tarek El-Bashir's athletic articles about him, seems like a coach that like gets active. And back on the high school scene, I've covered a coach like that, and that coach won back-to-back states. And if he could do that, if Carberry's active like that, and if he can inspire the vets, inspire the youth, I'm not going to say cup or not because everybody's getting better, it looks like, but maybe playoffs. Who knows? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a tough thing. And maybe maybe uh, uh, Brian McClellan has something up his sleeve and, you know, he's going to shake things up like I never expected. You know, it kind of always re- reminds me of Orpik and Niskanen when he did that in the summer during free agency. And I'm like, wow, I never saw that coming. And just the huge role that those guys had on the team. All right. So straight ahead, we will talk about the Caps blue line. Yes, there are a lot of questions on the blue line as well. We'll talk about that straight ahead. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. And guys, even if you're not that interested in the game you're watching, if you have a little bit of money on it, it makes it that much more exciting. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 thousand dollars when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you guys this summer, not to mention uh, Michael Marzacco today. And also, I got you guys covered with free agency and the draft. So subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment, we are going to talk about the Caps Blue Line. Yet another interesting position. Uh, one of the things he had said as well, Brian McClellan, that is, is that he wanted to address the defense, the Blue Line. And I will look at the D pairings from that same game, and it was John Carlson. Martin Faravari, Nick Jensen, Rasmus Sandin, Matt Irwin, and Alexander Alexiev. Of course, we know that at least on paper, Matt Irwin probably played his last game uh, as a capital. Of course, missing from that equation was Trevor Van Riemsdyk. So another interesting position, uh, the Capitals during... The trade deadline picked up Rasmus Sandin, a big player, but another interesting position. We hear that we would like, um, like Lucas Johansson or something like that, you know, inserted into this lineup. You know, it is going to be difficult for this Caps team to get younger and faster. Just taking a look at the D pairings there, who is coming out of the lineup to accommodate those young players, or do you see Brian McClellan? Even though a lot of these players sign new deals, do you see him trading away one of those blue liners? And if so, who? Well, last year, Brian McClellan proved, well, I guess maybe not last year, uh, like February, he proved that anybody could go. And if someone told us a year ago that Dimitri Orlov would get traded midseason, right. neither of us would have believed it. So... Probably John Carlson, because I see Faravari coming back and getting a new deal. They already did it with Alexiev. They got someone 
from Russia. I forget his name, but he's like coming up. Like they, you remember that one they signed in uh, early May or so? Yeah, his name escapes me, but I remember that. Yes. Yeah, name escapes me too. Um, so Trevor Reeves, like definitely back. Uh, Nick Jensen, they already re-signed him. So I think top pair, unless Carlson moves, it would be Carlson, Ferrari. Second pair, uh, Jensen, TDR. Third pair, Alexiev. And then that fourth spot. Um, am I missing anybody? Uh, no, just just take uh, just taking a look at uh, who was in just kind of looking at uh, towards the uh, tail end of the series or season there. It was Faravari, Carlson, Sandine, and Jensen. Sandine, that's it. <laughs> yep, and Trevor <laughs> that's Van Riesdijk. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Sandine. I mean the Caps. You know that was their big swing at trying to get younger and really trying to solidify that blue line. As we know uh, that Orloff and Hathaway went out to Boston. We got a first round pick, Craig Smith. The first round pick went up to Toronto. We got Rasmus Sandin. So on paper, in the small sample size that we saw of him towards the end of the season, I think he's going to be a pretty good blue liner. I think there were a couple gaps as far as his defense is concerned. Uh, but uh, I think that, you know, he is showing some promise. Wouldn't you say that uh, Rasmus Sandin for you, that's got to be one of the biggest uh, new additions to the blue line, wouldn't you say? Honestly, next season... Uh, besides Ovechkin, the second player I'm looking forward to seeing is Sandine because he impressed me. Even though the team was struggling, he seemed to be getting his groove on, and I think a full season with the Caps would be good for him. He'll probably be third pair, but he could move up to second pair or get a bigger role if like the Caps do the crazy and move Carlson. Yeah, and it seems like finally that Alexiev uh, is going to have a spot on the team, at least uh, potentially. Uh, another player that I don't want him to be spending a lot of time up in the press box. You know, I think that honestly with these guys, if they're not going to get regular playing time, they'd be better down in Hershey. You saw what it did for Connor McMichael. Uh, he, you know, was poised to be on the big team and then was a healthy scratch nine times out of 10. So they sent him down to Hershey and just killed it down in Hershey. So I think that's my belief, but it is a difficult position. You take another name like I said Lucas Johansson and down the you know a little bit further down you have Vinny Iorio um, uh, it's going to be difficult to see how are these players going to fit into this lineup being that it is so stacked it is going to be difficult that is for sure all right so coming up here we will talk about the Capitals after the draft what will they look like and ultimately what will it mean for the lineup in the fall we'll talk about that straight ahead all right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode, we have Michael Marzacco of the Stars and Sticks webpage blog with us today. And um, this next segment, we're going to have to do a little bit of fortune telling. We're going to have to look into the future. Uh, we both did uh, mock drafts. You did it for Stars and Sticks. I did it for Locked On. And I picked uh, Benson uh, just based on who was available to me at that time. Uh, another intriguing name, and I would not be surprised, and I know this is going to come as a bit of a surprise to the NHL as a whole. I don't think it would come as too much of a surprise uh, to the Capitals, but I think that the Capitals, Ross Mahoney, 
is laser focused on Metfe Mishkov. And I think that Mishkov is kind of focused on coming here just based on the fact that the Capitals are a Russian friendly team. You know, we can rattle off all the different Russian players that have played on this team. For you, as we record this in June, who do you think the Capitals will select, regardless of the mock draft? Um, who do you think the Capitals will select at number eight? Well, the slam dunk is obviously Mitch Cobb, and I'm going to stand by it and wave my hands around <laughs> the crystal ball. And um, when this episode airs, um, maybe you were right. If you're right, I'll buy you dinner when you come to DC. <laughs> if I'm right. I guess you do the same when I come up to Minnesota. But um, yeah, I'm going to stand by Mitchkov, obviously. But the question is, do they take him at eighth or do they jump ahead of the Flyers? Because I heard the Flyers are into him too. And that's very, you know, uh, astute comment there because that's what I hear. That that the uh, even though you know you think that you know Connor Bedard is going to the Blackhawks, I hear that Fantilli's going to the Ducks, and then we go on and down after that. There's a little bit more question there, so uh, I think that you know it's going to have to be some you know creative posturing by the Capitals to to get it done. I mean, I think that you know it's going to be a stroke of luck if they can make it happen. But if there's one player. Uh, that comes to mind. It's Ivan Mirishnashenko. They're quite creative. You know, he should have gone higher in the draft, but his lymphoma uh, kind of uh, prevented that from happening. So crazier things have happened. Uh, the difficult part about Mishkov is, of course, is that he won't be available right away. But what he is and what they're saying is he is the greatest player to come out of Russia since Ovechkin and Melkin. So if the Caps have to wait, I'm okay with waiting, aren't you? I'm good with waiting because it's Operation, you know, we still have air in the window. Operation win one before it's shut, and then Operation Chase Gretzky. And honestly, I was thinking about this while you were talking about this. Microshenko, or however you pronounce it, thankfully my computer's accustomed to spell correcting it for me, <laughs> so I don't have to worry about looking back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a look at a couple of games this season. Yeah, and I think that that's what uh, Tarek El-Bashir had said as well, is that uh, he is poised to be playing in Hershey. But if he continues on his current you know, trajectory, he could potentially find a spot on the Capitals. Uh, so it is exciting to think about. But also Benson, um, you know, when we did the mock draft, they had locked on NHL prospects, and he loved that pick for the Capitals. He's a bit undersized, but he has a good shot, a good release. Um, I, people are saying that he would be tailor-made uh, for the Capitals. So if it doesn't go with Mishkov for you, who would be your number two? You're like, well, we didn't get, we didn't get that guy, but you know, I'm happy with number two. Who is your number two? Hang on. Let me pull up a mock draft. Cause I was so <laughs> laser focused on him. <laughs> and bye. <laughs> um, Cause I mean, that, that's the, the thing is, and you know, the, the difficult thing, uh, I guess in these drafts, unless you're picking like Connor Bedard, let's face it, he is going to be on the Blackhawks in the fall. I have no doubt in my mind that he will. I think they're going to uh, build a you know a, a starting cast around him. I don't think they're just going to go, hey Connor Bedard, go out there and save the Blackhawks. So I don't think that's going to be the case. But one of the things that I know for the Caps. Uh, is that you know regardless of who they pick i don't think that they are going to necessarily be nhl ready 
next season, but that's okay. Uh, so what are your thoughts? So I think um, to answer your previous question, I would honestly think they go with center Ryan Leonard from Boston College or who's going to Boston College, who seems like um, he's pretty good and he doesn't have to play right away because the Caps are not only stocked on centers, but the best center of all time who, as we're recording this, was drafted today when you and I were a lot younger. (laughs) Shout out to Backstrom. Um, Mm -hmm. He's got a big decision, but if Backstrom decides to play, like – Hey, just go to school, get your development in, get good grades, and see you in a couple of years. <laughs> and one of the things that I had read too for preparing for the show from Ross Mahoney is they want to pick, regardless of the position, they want to pick the right player. Like there was one year uh, that they signed Varlamov and Neuverth, and they just because there were two really great goalies. So they said that, you know, they're not really so much drafting for position, they are drafting the best player available. And I think that that's really sound advice. And they said, you know, in the goalie case, if you had too many goalies, then that's just an extra asset for Brian McClellan to use. So I think that that's the right thing to do. I think that if you go into the draft saying, you know, we need a defenseman or we need a center or a goalie, that you're kind of laser focused on it and you might be missing out on a really great candidate, you know, say that, you know, for the Capitals, there is a glut of centers in the Capitals organization. Regardless, if they can still sign a really great center, I'm going to say go ahead and sign them. I'm not I'm not going to say, well, we you know picked this player that's you know not nearly as good because we wanted to to sign a goalie. That's oftentimes when you look at the draft, and sometimes the Capitals will they'll draft another goalie, and it could happen this year further down the draft just because that's the next best player available. Isn't that the best way to look at it? You know, that's coming from Mahoney himself saying that they should draft the best player available, not drafting for a position of need. Ever since I've started writing about the Caps and approached NHL drafts, all I've known were Brian McClellan and Ross Mahoney's strategy of taking the best player available. And that's going to be no different. But... Well, I guess uh, if I say this, it won't make sense because everyone's going to be listening to this after the draft, but I'm going to be in front of a TV right when the draft starts because they're going to trade up, I feel like. That's my hunch. Yeah, and I'm I'm hoping for it, but that's just kind of my gut right now. You know, I kind of had a gut and I had heard from a couple different insiders, you know, on Darcy Kemper last year that, you know, they're going to swing for the fence and then everyone's like, are you crazy? There is no way that Brian McClellan is going to get Darcy Kemper to come to the Capitals at the time, reigning Stanley Cup winner. Sometimes those guys can really pull a rabbit out of their hat and uh, I have no doubt that they'll be able to do that. Uh, so towards the end of the segment here, let's talk about briefly your thoughts on Spencer Carberry and Mitch Love on paper. I love it. I know that he was running the number two power play up in Toronto. What was one of the issues with the Capitals was the power play. I think it was 16th if memory serves. So uh, even though he won't be in charge of the power play, you got to think he's going to be looking over it and going, yeah, do this different or do that different. How excited or what was your initial reaction to the hiring of Spencer Carberry? So if you read my off-season articles, I did put my money on Halpern. Thankfully, I didn't actually put my money, but mm-hmm. I basically put Halpern. But Carberry was my second choice, and I wasn't surprised about it. And I'm 
I'm really happy for him. And the more I learn about him and the more I listen to his interviews, the more I like him. And I think he's going to be a guy that's going to engage with the young players and uh, really motivate the veterans. And he was probably ecstatic about the Hershey Bears. I know I was. Mm-hmm. And I know Carmack Michael was. Pierre Laviolette probably wasn't because all those people he put in the press box were all <laughs> getting playoff experience and lifting the cup. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, like I say on paper, I mean, he he has zero head coaching uh, experience in the NHL, quite a bit of it in, in the leagues underneath of that. But he has just destroyed it. He's killed it. He's done so well on every level. Uh, and then the familiarity with the Capitals organization. And uh, I guess Mitch Love, who is going to be in charge of the defense. Um, I'm, I don't know a whole lot about him other than he was a pest. He was an instigator uh, as a player. But what I hear is that he took the Wranglers to two Pacific regular season titles. So uh, he knows how to win. You know, it's not like they just picked a guy's name out of a hat. He seems to know how to win. And another younger guy. I like that the Capitals are kind of going in the younger direction. You take a look at Trots. You take a look, I guess, Reardon is kind of in the middle there. And you take a look at Lavulette. Uh, kind of older coaches in general. So this kind of youth infusion, even in the coaching ranks, I think is a bit refreshing, don't you? I do. It's crazy to me that Carberry is the youngest coach in the NHL. I believe 41 years old, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 11 years older than me. That's nuts. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask you about the age. Don't worry. <laughs> no, I'm 46. I, I mean, I own it. <laughs> Still five years younger than you. That's crazy. Probably to you. Yeah, I mean, and the interesting thing is I talked about on the show is that I suppose, you know, the demographic on YouTube I see is primarily, you know, late teens, 20s into 30s. So especially to the demographic that's a little bit younger watching this show on YouTube, I, I'm sure that 41 years old seems ancient. I know when I was 20 and I saw, you know, a band that I liked playing at the time, and their singer was 40. I'm like, wow, this guy is still doing it at 40. That's so amazing. Um, but uh, I think that this youth infusion, even at the coaching rank, I think uh, is a bit exciting. Listen, Michael, I want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Tell us where we can find you online. So you can follow my personal account at Marswago below. I tweet about not about the Caps, but not just about the Caps, but the Caps, Wizards, the Commanders, Nats, all the DC sports. And then you can follow the blog and me and the writers at stars and sticks at stars underscore and sticks. And um, there's no off season. We're always grinding. That's right. You got to cover these teams year round. It's like this. It's locked on capitals. It's not casual capitals. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of locked on capitals. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Wizards, and Commanders. So no matter what major team there is, Locked On has got you covered. All right, once again, I want to thank you all for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.